Amen. Before the throne of God. That's a special place. You will never get before the throne of a king on earth. None of us here anyway, right? It's hard to see uh, even a representative or a senator or anything. Uh, and they're not even in the one in charge. But we all get to come before the throne of God. And there's a reason for that. We're going to be talking about that today. Uh, let's have all the kids dismissed downstairs to junior church. All right, Miss Holsworth, thank God. Any more children? You can go ahead downstairs. You'll have a great time. Amen. I, uh, we have a baptism after service. I was filling up the baptistry this morning, and usually I'm pretty good at gauging when it gets full. But this morning I was, I didn't. I didn't gauge it right. I thought I had another 15, 20 minutes. Uh, but what got me to notice I didn't have any more time was the sound of water dripping everywhere. And uh, there was a lot of water. And you know what? One thing God provided this church uh, is a mop. Amen. And why God provided the mop, it needs to be used. Right? And sometimes we stress, God, why me? Well, God provided the mop. God provides the tools to be used. And you may think that it was an accident, uh, but God gave us the mop to be used. And you, you might think that you messed up. Well, God provided the things to be used. And that's why he provides forgiveness for us. And don't let the devil get you down when you mess up. Don't get, the, uh, don't, don't get down when you see that you don't have the strength or power to do what you thought you could do, especially as you get older. You depend more on God's power, God's strength, amen? He provides us the tools that we need to keep going, to get the job done. That has nothing to do with the message. That's just what happened today, amen? And I didn't fret. What did I do? I grabbed the mop. I started mopping. Waiting for the water to evaporate would take too long. We've got to get to work. Amen. We're going to be in Hebrews. I'm sorry. Let's, we're going to be in a lot of spaces, this, uh, places this morning. Let's go to Numbers chapter 18. Numbers chapter 18. Numbers chapter 18. And when you find it, if you would stand with me, we have Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. It's the fourth book of the Bible. The fourth book. The Bible says the word of God is quick. It means alive. It's living. It's a living book. Numbers chapter 18. We're going to read verse 7. Therefore thou and thy sons with thee shall keep your priest's office for everything of the altar and within the veil. And ye shall serve. I have given your priest's office unto you as a service of gift, and the stranger that cometh nigh shall be put to death. There's a lot here. God's talking to Aaron. This is for Aaron, the high priest, first priest of Israel. But I want you to notice here, the altar and all the things that are within the veil we're going to talk today about the veil this morning, that veil. And is it still here today? That veil is very important, high significance. It was the reason why the priests served. It was the reason why everybody served. It was the reason why the people came. Everything behind that veil was everything, was all that mattered. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would help us all. Lord, help me. Uh, Lord, I'm just a man. I have nothing 
to bring, but simply to the cross I cling. Lord, may we all uh, just come to you empty that we may be filled. Lord, may we come with ears to hear from the God of heaven. You are the true and living God that speaks to the hearts of men. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, Lord, help us to hear your voice. You said that you will come into him inside, inside our hearts, if we hear your voice, if we open that door. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Maybe seated. Within the veil, that veil uh, was a special veil made of uh, intricate fabrics, special fabrics, uh, fine fabrics that the children of Israel made. And they, it was a curtain to block off the Holy of Holies. It's where the uh, mercy seat was, where the Ark of the Covenant was. And the Bible says that God would go above the mercy seat and speak uh, to the priest that brought in the sacrifice, the blood uh, that he was to put out the altar in there, the mercy seat. Thank God uh, it, it's not the judgment seat, amen? It wasn't the judgment seat. Inside the Holy of Holies is the mercy seat. The Bible says God delighteth in mercy, not in judgment. He delights in mercy. As me and you delight in uh, riches of this world and pleasures and lusts and everything, God delights in mercy. We serve a merciful God. And may you uh, find out uh, and enjoy the mercy of God, not by indulging in sin, but getting closer to the Lord and realizing how much of a sinner you already are. In your sinful heart dwelleth every wicked thing. You don't have to look at what you did do or didn't do. You are a sinner by birth. And because of this mercy seat here, uh, we can stand before the presence of God today. It wasn't always like that. Uh, the Bible says that uh, within this veil was the mercy seat. There was only one person uh, that could go into this veil. He was the high priest. And he was not even eligible to get in there. There was many things he had to do uh, to get into the Holy of Holies. Uh, let's go to Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9 in the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 9. Let's look in verse 1, Hebrews 9, 1. Hebrews 9, 1. The Bible says, Then verily the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. Uh, you see, God gave Moses in the mountain uh, all the plans of the tabernacle, which eventually uh, became a temple. They built the temple uh, later on with Solomon. Uh, but here you have the worldly tabernacle. It was a place where it, it only represented uh, what was already in heaven. God gave Moses the plans. God allowed the see, uh, Moses to see a glimpse of heaven and all that was in heaven and the, tab, uh, the temple that was in heaven. And Moses uh, built the tabernacle in replica of what was already in heaven. You see, the earthly things had, it didn't, uh, it wasn't real. It was only a replica of what was real, amen? They were only going through format. They were only going through uh, this tradition because animal sacrifices can never take away any sin. It's an animal. We eat animals, amen? Well, that's what they're there for eat them, you have them as pets. Sometimes we go to the zoos, we look at them, right? Uh, and in every case, whatever it is. But can they, are they powerful enough to take away our sin? No. There's no animal that's powerful enough to take away sin. Uh, good works. I was talking to a man this week. I said, you, you got to get saved. He said, yeah, and, and, and do good works as well, right? I said, no. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but by his mercy, he saved us. You can't contribute uh, to the blood of Christ. 
There's not one work you can contribute to the blood of Christ that will make the blood of Christ more powerful. Amen? You could try to contribute to the animal's blood, and they had to. These priests had to live a life uh, completely separate from everybody else. In fact, the Levites, they didn't even get any land or properties or anything. They were fully and solely given to God, only to take the offering and make the sacrifice. And only one, the high priest, could go into the Holy of Holies. And if he was worthy, he would live. If God found him worthy, he would live just to be able to make the atonement for himself first and his family, and then for all the people. Verse 2, Hebrews 9. For there was a tabernacle made, the first wherein was the candlestick and the table and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. And after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer and the Ark of the Covenant overlaid round about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had the manna, and Aaron's rod that budded, and the tables of the covenant. And over it, the cherubims of glory, shadowing the mercy seat, of which we cannot now speak particularly. Verse 6. Now, when these things were thus ordained, the priests went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. But into the second went the high priest alone. So you had one room where the priests did all their uh, things they did. They, they offered the incense to God. Uh, they did their rituals that God ordained. These are biblical things that God ordained. But only once and only one could go behind that veil, that other veil. Only one. The Day of Atonement. They would go through to make atonement for all the sins of the people. And it was just a covering because it represented something greater. Verse 7, but into the second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. You see, this man, the high priest, uh, some people would worship, but he himself, who lived a sanctified life, who lived uh, according to God's commandment, because if he didn't, he would be struck dead immediately as soon as he got in there. In fact, these high priests, the Bible commands that uh, a rope would be tied around his ankle. And if God struck him dead, they were to drag him out because nobody else could go there and there and get him. They'd have to drag him back out. Hey, Jeremiah is still alive in there? I'm still good. They don't hear anything. They got to pull him out. God commanded that to be done. Because there was those who died. You had many die. God strike them dead. If they weren't uh, fully given heartily to the Lord and sanctified and did everything in specific uh, order for God, God strike them dead. And then, even with that type living, if they were alive when they got in there, they still had to make a sacrifice for their own sin. You mean they're a sinner? Yes, sir. There is none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned. Every single person on this earth has sinned. For himself and for the errors of the people. He wasn't better than anybody else, no. It was a designed office that God chosen, as we read in Numbers. This office is going to be a gift for you guys of service and to thy family forever. Verse 8, the Holy Ghost this signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, while that the first tabernacle was yet standing, which was a figure for the time. It was just a figure. All that they did was just for a figure. You're telling me that uh, all that... Uh, all those sacrifices and all that time spent and all that effort and, and the sacrifice they made for themselves just to do those things was just a figure? Yeah, yeah. It represented something greater. It represented what God showed Moses in heaven when he was on the mount. He gave Moses a glimpse of the true picture. That's why Moses 
uh, told the people there's going to be a greater prophet that comes. Moses preached about Jesus Christ coming one day, amen? Uh, Moses preached uh, that that prophet would come, the Messiah, and give himself as the one and only sacrifice for all mankind. It was just a figure. All that they did, only a figure, never took away any sins. And we know whether or not our sins are taken away. Do you know that? How do you know? I'll tell you what, the moment you get saved, your conscience is wiped clear. I personally know murderers that have gotten saved. They did terrible things, yeah. They are clear. They are clear, clear, clear. I know many people. I talk to many people. There's, there's some things people have told me that have given me nightmares for days. I would not repeat any of that stuff. There's people uh, come to me and tell me things that uh, they've never told anybody else. Nobody else knows. But the moment they get saved, it's as if they never did it. You say, how's that possible? Because the righteous judge of all the earth hath forgiven them. And the blood of Jesus Christ washes away clean. It's not a figure. It's the truth. This was a figure. This was only a figure that an animal sacrifice given to this other sinner that would go into this tent behind a curtain that nobody else could see or know. He might be playing video games in there for all we know. What is going on in there? He takes my things and he just goes in there. Sometimes he never comes out. we got to drag him out. What goes on in there? What is the purpose of the Holy of Holies? The purpose of the Holy of Holies is the presence of God. All those things that they did was only in hopes that God would accept them. And if God would accept the high priest, then he would also accept the sacrifice that was made for himself and then for all the people. And then those people for another year can continue in hopes that God would accept them again. Let me tell you this. God accepts us now. The Bible says, he that cometh to God, he will no wise cast out. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. This high priest went in, and if he was accepted, then the sacrifice could be done. You know, uh, let's go to Exodus chapter 26. Exodus chapter 26. Turn a few places here. Exodus 26, verse 31. The Bible says in Exodus 26, 31, And thou shalt make a veil of blue and a purple and scarlet and fine twined linen of cunning work, with cherubims shall be made. It was made of fine linen. Uh, very special, very delicate, and very uh, beautiful curtain to signify this is a special place here. Very special place. And thou shalt hang it upon four pillars of shittim wood overlaid with gold. Their hooks shall be of gold upon the four sockets of silver. And thou shalt hang, it up, uh, hang up the veil under the tax that thou mayest bring in hither within the veil the ark of the testimony. And the veil shall divide unto you between the holy place and the most holy. This is the commandment for that veil to be made. Let's go over a couple of pages to Exodus 29. Exodus 29. These, the high priest would prepare himself to go in there. He didn't just one day say, oh, it's the day of atonement. I got to go in. This man lived for it. This man was set aside for it. He could do nothing else. He was 100% had to be dedicated, especially for this one day. 
29. And this is the thing that thou shalt do unto them, to hollow them, to minister unto me in the priest's office. Take one young bullock and two rams without blemish, unleavened bread and cakes, unleavened tempered, uh, tempered with oil and wafers, unleavened and anointed with oil, of wheat and flour shalt thou make them. This is Exodus 29, verse 3. And thou shalt put them into one basket and bring them in the basket with the bullock and the two rams. And Aaron and his sons thou shalt bring unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and shalt wash them with water. Now, in the word of God, water is the word of God. Amen? And the Bible, Jesus said, ye are clean through the words which I have spoken. And let me just point this as a side note here. Anyone in here, if you're weary today, get into the word of God. And I'm not just saying uh, any thing that contains the Word of God. I'm talking about the Word of God, the King James Bible, amen? You open up this book, and it will clean you from tip to head, completely, completely. Now you are clean through the words which I have spoken. You need to let Jesus talk to you. Let Jesus pick you up. Let Jesus cleanse you. Let Jesus make you whole. You need Jesus. If you're weary today, you're tired. You say, I'm worn out. It's your soul worn out. Sin wears you out. Temptations wear you out. The devil wears you out. Family wears you out. Friends wear you out. This world wears you out. You need Jesus. He's the friend of all friends. He'll never leave you or forsake you. You got to get into his word. There's no movie that can take the place of Jesus' words. Amen. There's no book that can take a, uh, away from this book. Amen. We need this book. you got to get into this book. You cannot live by bread alone. you got to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Make sure you read every single word. Don't skip any name. See, those generations are hard to read. You better not skip them. You better not skip them, and you got to pronounce them right, too. Amen. Verse 5. Thou shalt take the garments and put upon Aaron the coat and the robe of the ephod and the ephod and the breastplate and gird him with the curious girdle of the ephod. You read on, you're going to find out this robe was a purple robe. Verse 6. Thou shalt put the mitre upon his head and put the holy crown Upon that mitre. Remind you of somebody? This purple robe and a crown. You think when they crucified the Lord and they put that purple robe on him and they put that crown of thorns on his head, do you think they knew what they were doing? Do you think that he was the uh, uh, high priest that had entered in to the veil for us as all of our sins would give, be given uh, in hopes that that one sacrifice uh, to that high priest, and he would kill, even he had to be accepted first. And then for all the people, he would kill that little animal. And possibly, God would accept everything. But God called out from heaven and said, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. It was only a picture of the true and living sacrifice, the Son of God, that would be accepted once and for all and forever for the sins of all mankind who wore the holy crown that he ordained, which was the crown of thorns, that wore that holy robe put on him by the enemy. And he took it for me and you. And the Bible says he entered in once and never looked back and shed every drop for you and me. He went through that veil. That veil, what was behind that veil? It was supposed to signify the presence of Almighty God. That a people would just live their lives and hopefully be accepted by the true and living God. And year by year, they would make the sacrifices. And sometimes that high priest who dedicated his life, 
who uh, supposedly was in the place to represent all the people would go in there and God would strike him dead. I don't accept this one. Or maybe they'd mess up and, 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 and the, the sacrifice was a little off. God would strike him dead. God was very picky about every little thing. Why? Because it represented his only begotten son. And when you mess with somebody's family, you're going to mess with the father. Somebody messes with my kids, they're going to, they're going to get something. Amen? Can't say it. I'm in church. But you know what I mean. You're going to mess with the parents. And every right so. I'm not messing with kids. And they, everything they did was a figure of the Lord Jesus Christ. It didn't have power to take away sins, but his own son's blood did. It didn't, uh, that man that went into the veil was a sinner. He didn't have any power. God still had to accept him. And if he was accepted, then God would accept everything. It was only a figure that God already accepted his only begotten son. Jesus Christ, the true and living high priest, Jesus Christ, the true and living sacrifice, gave his own self for you and me. Let's go to Mark chapter 15. And we could read on. We could read so many chapters in the Word of God. There are so many chapters uh, about the sacrifices. And, so, and as you dig into it, you're going to see that all represents the Lord Jesus Christ, the sin of the people. But God always stayed with us to the very end. God never fors has forsaken mankind. He's always come and given us uh, an alternative to be able to come before the presence of God. That veil was a special place. You didn't know what was behind there. People only heard of it. People only heard what was behind the Holy of Holies or behind that veil, the Holy of Holies. The mercy seat. Nobody's seen the mercy seat. Nobody's seen it. Only the high priest. He probably wouldn't even speak of it. Nobody's seen the uh, Ark of the Covenant. That time it was in there. It stayed in there. There's people who have seen it, but once it was in there, it was there. And when they moved, they traveled. But they never got to enter into that special place, the presence of God. They didn't get to see uh, God speak to the high priest and accept the sacrifice. They didn't get to see it. They just wondered if they made the offering, if they made the sacrifice, would this be accepted? And every year they heard when that high priest would come out, it must be accepted. But yet their conscience, as Hebrew says, it bared witness. No, I still have sin. I still have something wrong in my heart. I still have something wrong. And our own conscience today bears witness when there's something wrong. You don't need religion to say you're okay. You don't need this man to say you're okay. Let God speak to your heart directly. Open up your heart to God. The whole matter was about the presence of God. There were people in the New Testament that was showing Jesus, Jesus, look, look at the temple, how beautiful it is. He said, if you tear it down, I'll raise it in three days. He was speaking of his own body. It wasn't about a building ever. It was about the Lord Jesus Christ. They were worshiping the beauty, and they missed out on the beauty, which was the Lord Jesus Christ. They were looking at uh, all the sacrifices and prayers that were made, but they missed out on the whole reason and purpose for it. It was only a figure. And we miss out today. Why we even come to church many times? You come to be in the presence of God. You wake up each day to be in the presence of God, and you get to serve God. If, if you, God struck you down today and said, if I gave you 10 more years to live, would you live it for me? I bet all of us would say, yes, Lord, I will. And two days later, we'll be back to doing our thing. That's how we are. How many times have God delivered you from a trial? 
He said, God, if you get me out this time, I'll serve you. And a week goes by, and you're back to your old self again. But God is faithful, who will not suffer to be tempted above that you are able. Amen? God gets you through. He knew you wouldn't keep that vow. And he knew every time the high priest came in that he was a sinner just like all of the rest. But yet he still wanted to work in lives. Why? Because of that mercy seat. It wasn't a seat of judgment. It was a seat of mercy that was behind that veil. And if anyone can see behind the veil, they'll see mercy. Mercy. Crying mercy at the altar, the Bible says. Mercy. In Mark chapter 15. Mark chapter 15 and verse 37. We're going to put a lot of people out of a job today. Mark chapter 15, verse 37. The Bible says, And Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. They didn't take his life. The Bible says he laid it down. You can't kill God. But God became flesh, and he died that we may live. Every whip put on his back enables us today to still get back up after we've fallen. All the weakness he endures enables us today to have power to walk with God. All that he went through was just so that we can get closer to him. Verse 38, and the veil of the temple was rent, that means ripped, in twain, that means two. The Bible's not hard to understand. Rent in twain, from the top to the bottom. Thus, abolishing, listen to me, abolishing the priesthood forever. 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 There is now one mediator, the Bible says, between God and man. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There is not one priest that can go uh, before the throne for your sake. No, only one. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. And anyone calling themselves a priest would discount the death of Christ. He is our true high priest. And the Bible puts that veil ripped, allowing every single person on the outside to come running in. All those who wondered what was always in there. Oh, I gave the priest my money. That's my part. Now he has to do his. No, there was some wondering. Lord, I pray for that priest when he goes in there. I pray he meets with you and, and gets in your presence. I wish one day I could stand before you clean. But Lord, deal with my sin. There was people like that. They weren't just all religious people. There was people who had hearts for God and hearts for the truth when they seen in the picture on earth that it was only just a picture in heaven, of the true picture in heaven, which was the Lord Jesus Christ. And the veil, when it was ripped from the top to the bottom, opened up the Holy of Holies for every single person alive. Now we can come boldly to the throne of grace, the Bible says, and obtain mercy and find that grace in our time of need, we can find our help in time of need. You don't have to uh, go and wonder if God's going to accept you. You don't have to go and wonder uh, whether you're going to be striking down because our true high priest was accepted for all of us once and for all. Our true high priest that put on that purple robe and the crown of thorns took his own blood and God accepted. And the Bible says that blood is in the altar in heaven. Not one drop went in, into the ground. It was all gathered and taken to heaven and put on the altar for you and me. That true temple, the true tabernacle which is in heaven. And at the altar in heaven, the Bible says it speaks for you and me. Every sin you commit, 
Forgiveness. Every sin, every temptation you go through and you fall, mercy at the mercy seat of Christ. We don't need anyone to stand before uh, between us and God anymore. You don't have to wonder what's in the Holy of Holies. Now you can come running. Run. Run to God and hear him speak above the mercy throne and let him speak to your heart. We get to serve God now because he loves us. We get to serve God because he's accepted the blood of his son as the sacrifice once and for all. That's what this verse means. The veil of the temple was ripped right in half like this. When you're done with something, you just rip it. It's done with. It's done. It's done. Once and for all, it's done. You're accepted. Forgiveness to all. Conscience, clean, white as snow. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord of hosts. Though your sins be as scarlet, I will make them white as snow. White as snow, O oh Lord. There's power in that blood, not in the blood of animals, not in the uh, service of a high priest, no. It only represented one thing, and that's all the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he went through with it, God the Father ripped that veil in half and said, it's all over. Now I want all to come to me. And when you come, he will in no wise cast out. Would you come? You're wondering what's in the Holy of Holies. You said, my sins be forgiven. I'm saved. You need to come. The Bible calls us in 1 Peter, now we are a royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people. God calls us now all priests. It's a position only that one can come before God. And he says, now, everyone, everyone's a priest. Come, come, come back to the garden of fellowship with Christ. Come, come, let me forgive you. I have it all, all that you need. Come, I will no wise cast out. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for tearing that veil in two, opening, opening the holy of holies to us all, that we all can come. Lord, even if we're uh, not living right, we can come. Why? Because the blood has already been accepted. Lord, even if, uh, Lord, we've not sanctified or set apart ourselves for you, we can still come. Why? Because that blood was already accepted. And once the blood was accepted, everything was accepted. And Lord, you accepted the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And because of that, we are all accepted. May we all come boldly to your throne, the throne of mercy, to find that grace and help in our time of need. Thank you, Lord, for doing that for us. And thank you for ripping that veil, enabling us to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand. It's Caleb, please. Would you come? Maybe you're not saved today. You've not realized that the Holy of Holies is open. Would you come? Maybe you've never received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. No one can do it for you. God ripped it in half. He now says you can come directly. You can do your business directly with me now. Come. The Holy of Holies is open to all. Would you come? The veil was ripped. Would you come? People are praying, giving their lives for Christ. Would you give yours? Have you been to the Holy of Holies? 
His blood speaks for you. Forgiveness of sins is there. Mercy is there. And everything you need is there. You say, I've never been to the Holy of Holies, but I've always wondered about it. Pastor, would you pray for me? I would like to get saved. Would you pray for me? Just raise your hand. Got a hand there, hand there. Any more hands? Pastor, I want to go to the Holy of Holies and have all my sins forgiven. Any more? Another hand. Amen. Any more? I need to get saved. I need my conscience cleared of my sin. Only the blood of Christ can do that. I invite you now to come. You raise your hand. You would like to get saved. You've never been born again. I invite you to come. I invite you to come down to this altar. If you're a man, I'll take a man to show you how you can get saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. Anybody? Come to the Holy of Holies. Anybody else like to get saved? You'd like to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. From the Word of God, Jesus said, You must, you must be born again. There will be a day where you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and there will be no one else there, just you and Him. You must be born again. Anybody? Anybody else? That veil was ripped so that you may come. He invites you. Maybe your conscience is bearing some sins. Christian, you've been messing up. You think your walk with the Lord is done. The priest would have to take that blood every year because we mess up. But Jesus did it once and for all. You just go to Jesus. And if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And with his grace, he'll lift you up so that you can go forward and walk with him. And the purpose of it all was only to get to the throne of God the whole time the holy of holies when you got saved you're there you got him now you get to live and walk with the king of kings and lord of lords anymore like to get saved you've never been born again I invite you to come Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. And your conscience, the moment you get saved, will be clean white as snow. The Lord showing you that your sins are gone. 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 As far as the, as the east is from the west, so I have removed your sins from you. Gone. there's something you could do more for Christ would you do it Lord you've done all this for me what can I do for you now what can I do for you oh God live your life for him
good. Amen. Lord, I pray in heaven that you'll please, uh, Lord, have mercy on us, oh God. Thank you for the mercy seat. Lord, behind that veil the whole time was a mercy seat. Lord, not a judgment seat. Lord, we uh, are trusting in the true and living God, and we need your mercy, Lord, to even come before you. Thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ, that once and for all he died, Lord, that we may live. And that veil was ripped from the top to the bottom, Lord, signifying that all, all of us, Lord, can come running to the mercy seat. Thank you, Lord, for all you've done for us. I pray, Lord, that you'll bless us. Lord, help us all to live our lives for the honor and glory of the true and living King of kings and Lord of lords, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you for all you've done. Jesus' name. If you would, just be seated for one minute. We have Eileen uh, getting baptized. Amen? And what, what is baptism? Baptism is just a symbol, a symbol of salvation. As when somebody gets saved, as Christ was buried and he rose again, that's what baptism means. Baptism in the Bible, water baptism, there's many baptisms in the Bible. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, baptism of fire, baptism of John the Baptist, baptism of Moses, a baptism of Christ. There's many baptisms in the Bible, but water baptism is a symbol that you got saved. And if you've never been biblically, scripturally baptized, it's the first step that God wants you to do to identify yourself uh, in the church and, sh and tell the world, I got saved. And there's only one person that died and rose again for you. Christ saved me. Just like I'm married, I'm not married. This doesn't represent I'm just married to everybody. Only one woman, amen? Amen. And there's only one that identifies you with Christ, and that's what he did for us. Buried and rose again. And that's Eileen getting baptized today. She's going to identify herself with the Lord in believer's baptism. Give me one minute. Kayla, can you play something? All right, amen. Remember when uh, the Lord was baptizing, he didn't baptize um, John the Baptist. Uh, John the Baptist baptized, the Lord baptized. Uh, they baptized in the rivers, amen? Well, there's a lot of water. And biblical baptism, a uh, person goes under the water, comes back up. It's a symbol of what Christ did for us. It's all about him. Any religious thing that takes away from Christ is a cult. We lift up the Savior. Amen. We worship the true and living God. Amen. Here we have Eileen. Amen. Eileen uh, got saved. Amen. Uh, at 
the last revival we had, the revival service, right? Right. Amen. All right. Uh, Eileen, I'm going to baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Eileen, did you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes, I do. Eileen, based on your uh, decision and testimony of salvation, I'm going to baptize you. Eileen, based on your uh, profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Don't forget we have our Wednesday night service. Come on out. You need a pit stop during the week. Try and make it out Wednesday night if you're able to. It'll refresh you. It'll build up your home, your family, your life. A Wednesday night service, uh, 7 o'clock. Amen. And as uh, the church grows, uh, we get more ministries going and all. And allow God to use you greatly in the body of Christ. I mean, let's pray. Father, I pray, Lord, you'll bless uh, our Sunday. The Lord's day, may we use it for your honor and glory. We thank you for all the great things you've done for us. Lord, bless everybody here. Help us all to get closer to you this week. May we be in our Bibles, prayer. May we have the opportunity to lead somebody to Christ. Lord, I pray you help us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.